like beer? Do you like podcasts? Do you like beer podcasts? Then check out Cracking One Open, a podcast about brews, news, and pop culture reviews. Every week, we crack open a new craft beer from breweries around the country. And sometimes the world. We'll talk about how it was made, what's in it, the history of the brew, and the brewery. Then we'll give our tasting notes, and while we're finishing up, we'll talk about some of the latest goings-on in the world of pop culture. So check out Crackin' When Open with Mike and Elise, part of the Forgotten Entertainment family. Hello there. I'm Colleen. I'm Daniel. And I'm Anders. Back. We're nerds who love science fiction and fantasy stories, so of course we love Star Wars. And there's one thing the internet will just never have enough of, and it's nerds talking about Star Wars. So every episode, we journey to a galaxy far, far away to discuss what's new in the Star Wars canon and beyond. This is yet another Star Wars podcast. Beep, 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 beep. Somehow, Daniel, Anders has returned. Yeah. <laughs> somehow, we don't know here. how. I don't know. And yet somehow Flo is, Flo is out this week. Are we the same yeah. person? Oh, that would be wild. <laughs> I mean, you'd be on different coasts, but that would be, that would be absolutely crazy. All right, so this week we are infiltrating the Fortress Inquisitorious, not as hard as they say it is, to discuss no. the fourth episode of the new Disney Plus series Obi-Wan Kenobi, titled Part 4. More imagination, please. The episode was written by Joby Harold and Hannah Friedman and directed by Deborah Chow. To be warned, there will be spoilers for the episodes and all things Star Wars, basically anything connected with Obi-Wan. Yep. You guys, are you ready to put out some like you know, put on imperial disguises, really long trench coats, and flood fortress? Who in that fortress was large enough to justify that coat's existence? That's what I really want to know because <laughs> I did not see a single person tall enough or wide enough to justify that coat actually existing. <laughs> well, Anders, you see some of these other inquisitors, especially one of the ones from Fallen Order, you'll get the need for that big old trench coat, mm-hmm. but they don't wear trench coats, not usually. Hey, you know what. Over that armor could look pretty cool. <laughs> Maybe she just likes cosplay. <laughs> okay, you guys, let's punch it for the episode recap. All right. All right. So we start. Obi-Wan is in and out of consciousness as Tala takes him back to Jabim, where he is in a bash tank because he got to be healed, y'all. He seems mm-hmm. to be mentally connecting with Vader, which was a really cool scene. I was so I was, confused by that. I was not prepared for that. I'm like, oh, no, this is not good. <laughs> this is like you don't want to be connected with vader but it's too late sorry he's also in his own back to tank when kenobi lifts himself out of his back like what are you doing stay in there much i'm sure Flo had no objections yeah, oh and yeah, you haven't yeah. had your flashback yet yeah we didn't get like enough flashback get back in that back to tank <laughs> too many of talus objections of course she's like yeah no get your ass back in there he demands to know where leia is going to be a tough conversation turns out she is at the fortress inquisitorious and reva tells her that obi-wan is dead big time liar obi-wan tries to rally support from the not yet rebels to mount a rescue but they aren't a military outfit and know it's a suicide mission what's that obi-wan mentions that leia is important to him well why didn't you say so of course they'll help you (laughs) (laughs) the rebels cannot help but assist when they hear that someone is in danger unless they're Mon Mothma. <laughs> this was the fastest you son of a bitch I'm in moment I have mm. ever seen. Real fast. Well, I think Wade and the other and the girl were in and they just had to convince the other because they were like, come on, we want to go fly our freaking A-wings. Let's go. Roken didn't have to. No, Roken didn't need any convincing. He needed Obi-Wan to say, well, she's important to me. You don't know what the Empire is capable of. 
Yeah. And then he was like, but my wife, <laughs> ah, I didn't know what the Empire is capable of, but then he didn't go on mission. <laughs> oh man. So good. Of course, they'll help, especially Roken, a somewhat leader of the group played by O'Shea Jackson Jr., who wants Kenobi out of there as soon as possible. Fair. They put together a plan with Tala's hopefully still valid clearance. Empire's real bad at getting rid of people's clearance. They have a terrible HR department. It's so bad. Like, everybody can get in everywhere, I swear. She flies Kenobi to the fortress, but on the way, Obi-Wan tries to use some of his force powers with middling success, like he's trying. This is about a, as much of a powers montage as we're going to get. Yeah. I mean, you can't really do a full training thing because he didn't go through the full healing thing. So Exactly. Yeah, he's still burned up. Yeah. Meanwhile, Leia's interrogation is underway. Riva's trying. First, she tries to kind of like buddy up to her doing the good cop. Then she tries to break into her mind with the force. But this girl is pretty strong, defiantly telling the Inquisitor that she'll never give up where the path leads to. Um, being nice wasn't working telepathy didn't work either so it's time to torture a child Mm -hmm. also in this scene i gotta say the inquisitors in general like have taken some l's throughout this series throughout rebels throughout fallen order i know but this is the first one where i was just like reva you are seriously just bad at your job their entire reason for being is to identify and abduct force sensitive children. And there's this one in front of her resisting her with force powers, and she's yeah. not picking yeah. up on it. You're doing real bad. <laughs> this is just you are bad at your job. Child, a 10 year old child yeah. repelled like your should force invasion of her mind. This. Yeah. Should not what? Reva. Yeah, no. Absolutely. Oh. Not. No. <laughs> anyway, Tolling. <laughs> Yeah, Tala lands the shuttle while Obi-Wan swims down to some under- underwater hatches. Another like real problem with this plan when they were like going over the intelligence beforehand and they're like, we don't know how deep it goes. And Obi-Wan's plan is still to just swim to the bottom that he doesn't mm-hmm. know how deep it's going to be. <laughs> yep, just the bends, everyone. It's fine. Yeah, so Tala <laughs> manages to talk her way past the entrance guards. Not the brightest bulb in the box where she's just like, I have intelligence. I mean, he was scared, though. He's like, I fear for my life every day. I'm just going to let you go. <laughs> yeah. She tries to guide Obi-Wan through the hallways while avoiding detection. But unfortunately, the main purpose, y'all, if you didn't know, of an open floor uh, workspace is not to make it feel more inviting. It's so your bosses can spy on you easier. And that's yeah. how this guy, this officer, comes up and questions Tala, like, what the mm-hmm. fuck are you actually doing here? Why are you at this station? and he leads her away to verify her credentials she leaves the communicator right there at the desk so anyone in the vicinity could hear obi-wan asking for help through it Uh, but she promptly kills the officer in the server stacks i don't know if it's actually confirmed that he's dead but i'm choosing to believe that that's what happened yeah probably yeah i think he did oh goodbye i i I just have to say colleen because you brought up the bins i don't think the bins exist in this universe because in episode one they swam all the way down to the gungan city yeah like it was like yeah no big deal yeah like yeah but then while they're down there they were pressurized so it's fine yeah but they weren't before they swam into the city (laughs) like yeah they had to reach it first (laughs) oh my gosh all right nitpicking about diving uh aside Obi-Wan finds his way to a secure room, but instead of Leia, he finds several, are we thinking tens, hundred Mm. some Jedi and four sensitive beings dead and entombed in some sort of amber. Uh, It reminded me of 
uh, in Rebels when they find Luminara's body. Yep, as absolutely. From the Grand Inquisitor. Yeah. Um, so it, yeah, it's really gross, like trophy room or yeah. like uh, creepy. So in his shock and dismay, Obi-Wan senses Leia and her impending torture. So he gets Tala to create a distraction. Uh, she calls the third sister away and attempts to pass herself off as a spy within the PATH network. Uh, Reva is just on the verge of killing her when the alarms go off. And Obi-Wan has Leia. So he fights his way through the halls. He's taken on seeker droids. There's stormtroopers and... Purge troopers. I got so excited seeing. I was them. like, "Ooh, Daniel's gonna get excited!" <laughs> oh, I I bounced on the couch, pointed at the TV, and went, "Purge troopers, purge troopers!" Like looked at my roommate eyes wide. It was ridiculous. Um, so you know, there's a little battle going on. Some blaster cracks. Uh, like a blaster cracks the window, and they have to hold back the water. Yeah. How is the Empire not? gotten better why aren't glass. these racial i don't know like why aren't they racial but, but you know what it is a good trap if you get somebody caught in there so it is an advantage if they were trying to trap obi-wan maybe yeah but if they have Plus like they if they had some kind of, if they had some kind of a shield or something it's easy to like cut the power to that like pain mm. and let the window exactly. come in like this has to be blast proof like i'm sorry did they think it's not in space so there's no reason to blast proof it <laughs> right like <laughs> You got to think about this. The ocean. <laughs> yeah, you got to think about this, guys. But oh, so Obi Wan, though, to his credit, after not using the force that much, just holds back that whole amount of water mm-hmm. as he's deflecting lightsaber or as he's affecting uh, bolts from his lightsaber. I cannot talk to get today, guys. What is going on with me? So you're just excited of... about Obi Wan using the yeah. lightsaber. <laughs> so I mean, he holds all of that back. And then once Leia's safe, lets the water go, floods the hallway. That was a great scene at the end. I loved seeing all the troopers float past. That was uh, dark. Yeah, very. This was a very dark episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, Disney allowed this. All right. <laughs> all right. Finally, the fifth brother orders the base to be locked down. Tala, Obi-Wan, and Leia hidden under that giant cape cloak coat thing <laughs> my He's name like, is imperial human adults yeah. mm-hmm. adult um, human. it's called fashion honey look it up i mean i love a billowing coat <laughs> but it can't be billowing if leia's under it it's true it cannot they they look very suspicious <laughs> they try to make it to a shuttle to leave but are stopped by a ton of troopers they're about to be gunned down but roken's paths pilot swoop in playing some modified t47 speeders they look great that obi-wan had pointed out earlier they save the day they distract the imperials and the group escapes except except for poor wade like come on did we have to lose wade this early gets an explosive force thrown at his ship by reva and goes down that scene was really cool that was really cool that was i kept thinking that that was a total sabine move that's something she would have done yeah totally if sabine could use the force that is what sabine would be doing oh yeah (laughs) Meanwhile, Vader arrives at the fortress and wastes no time in punishing Reva for her failure. She's able to communicate that she let the group go because she put a tracker on their ship. Very Thrawn move here. So -hmm. they will soon know where the path leads. Vader lets her go, impressed. Because would Anakin have thought about this? Probably not. (laughs) Absolutely not. (laughs) Anakin, not good at thinking ahead. Neither is Vader. 
on Roken ship, the rebels, just going to go ahead and call them rebels for now, pre-rebels, whatever, <laughs> mourn the loss of Wade while Lola reactivates with the red eye. No. Hmm. Showing that she is the tracker that Reva mentioned, and I had a feeling it was going to be Lola. I was like, please don't yeah. be Lola. I was like, I was thinking to myself, I was like, what could it be? Did she like go? Uh, did she slip something in Leia's pocket? And then I was right. like, oh my god, it's Lola. It's gonna be yeah. Lola. Yeah. Holy shit, it's Lola. And then the red eye comes yeah. up. They didn't show her trashing hmm. Lola, so I was like, oh yeah, no good. Yep, she was just playing around with it <clears throat> mm-hmm. whole time whole time all right let's get into our overall reactions now i am going to take a couple minutes here and run through some bullet points i have because i have Mm -hmm. been away for the last couple weeks so i didn't get Mm the chance to discuss these things with you i had to hear you uh bash me for texting you my reactions (laughs) while on vacation yeah we weren't bashing we were just telling you to go get like drink and have fun i was still doing that enjoy yourself (laughs) i was still doing that we know we just had to tease you because we were like really (laughs) all right so starting off all the way back in episode one that little t16 figure that obi-wan is giving to luke my heart just like left a little bit when i saw it i remember i had a friend who had that t16 Mm. um toy it was like so cool because the actual the outer casing kind of came off so it became more of just like a free sitting speeder that your luke could Mm. sit in it was so freaking cool. cool The Jedi that tries to get Obi-Wan to help him, his name is Nari, and I just got to shout out all my Lego Star Wars heads from the Freebaker Adventures with Nare, who's a Sith in that series. She's kind of like Mm -hmm. a Dryden Voss type humanoid uh, Sith Mm -hmm. wannabe apprentice. I did really like at the start of the series, the way Ben is very much like Luke is in The Last Jedi. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, I felt yeah. kind of vindicated anytime anyone is like, oh, Kenobi's like so down and defeated here. And I'm like, oh yeah, where were you during Last Jedi? Like, yeah. were you defending that this be. is exactly where we would be? He just thought he killed his bro and the entire Jedi Order was dead. Yep. <laughs> I'd be depressed too. <laughs> so I remember going into the series, I was actually kind of excited because I was like, they are not going to be able to do the like dad and child, the the old the old mentor with the young child thing because Luke's whole deal during this era is that he does jack shit. He yeah. sits there and mm-hmm. does nothing. Yeah. And then I realized that they were doing the Leia thing and I was like, kind of like, oh, do I want them to do this? But yes, I'm, you do. I'm, <laughs> I'm loving, I'm loving the young Leia. It is really, it is really hard to pull off kid actors. Yeah. It just Perkocious. really is like one of the reasons Grogu works so well is that he can't talk. The reason mm-hmm. that Omega works so well is that she's animated. So when we're actually going to have to do this and to be a young version of such an iconic character and an iconic yeah. actress was going to be really, really tough. You know, shouts to Kathleen Kennedy for her misdirect in those articles right before the show premiered. Being like, we learned we can't cast young versions of the characters <laughs> a week yeah. before the show came out. Loved that party on Alderaan with the uh, C-3PO cameo in the background. Got to get in C-3PO or R2-D2 somewhere in the show, somewhere in the show to keep them, keep them on point. And also, uh, you know, the party was kind of a nice little foreshadowing to, I know, Colleen, one of our favorites, uh, Princess of Alderaan. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I liked the imagery of Ben's dreaming at the start of the first episode. Kind of really nice comps to Anakin's force visions during Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. You guys mentioned my Reva Order sixty six uh, theory. I think a lot of people have kind of are are in on this, where mm-hmm. Reva is one of the younglings in the opening sequence. Uh, I think that just makes a lot of sense because we have seen 
Order 66 several times now, but it always tells us something major about a character in the show we're watching. It told yeah. us something big about the Bad Batch. It told us stuff about Cal Kestis and Fallen Order. Mm-hmm. It always has a purpose. It's not just to do it. Right. Uh, I really liked uh, it was the fifth brother was like chastising Riva for kidnapping a senator's daughter, giving some some homage there to the Organa's level of connections and their importance in the galaxy. I'll talk more about this a little bit later, mm-hmm. um, but how the empire is still like not willing to just kidnap a Senator's daughter out of hand. Mm-hmm. As always, we got some severed limbs, yes. plenty of them so far. <laughs> Can't yes. be Star Wars without severed limbs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> got a shout out Jimmy Smits. Honestly, has there, ever, has there ever, has there ever been like him. a more profitable fun run as a result of someone who did maybe three days work on a movie like 10 years ago? <laughs> just He's every once in a it. while. It's just like, <laughs> we got to do something during this era. Jimmy Smits, you want to come back as bail for a little bit? Awesome. Yes. Yes, he does. <laughs> I mean, Jimmy Smith is amazing. Yes. He, he looks great, too. I'm here for it. Uh, and then I loved that little scene with the Destic dealer, um, which is, uh, you guys mentioned, uh, Ewan McGregor's actual daughter. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't do the force mind trick because he just can't at this point. Again, we'll right. get more into that uh, in a little bit. But getting into this episode itself, I got to say, this was probably my least favorite so far of the mm-hmm. series. Um, it's not bad, but it left me feeling that there was a lot more there that just got cut. Mm-hmm. This, this was like the shortest episode we've seen so far. And I'm, and I'm like, there was so, you had so much time to do yeah. stuff. Like yeah. the whole planning felt so rushed and underdeveloped. And I was just sitting there like, this is all we're getting. Like, this is one of the most major fortresses in yeah. the empire right now. And we're just, gonna, and we're, basically saying we're gonna wing it which is fine but like even in rebels which had shorter episodes we got more we got more planning Mm -hmm. we got more planning Uh, you know we mentioned it didn't take much to get uh roken and them to just come around from being like i will not help you go go away to okay i'll help you yeah that was just too quick yeah that front we felt Uh, the lack of runtime yeah Mm -hmm. Uh, it was really cool to see Obi-Wan like sneaking around like on the Death Star, start to use the force again, get some yes. of that mojo back. Uh, that tomb was just a really affecting set piece <gasps> the entire yeah. time. That was so scary. That was freaky. Um, but again, putting Leia under that coat was just like we have crossed <laughs> the border of like this is kind of ridiculous. I yeah. love it though. This is the seams, so this much. is the seams are starting to show in the in the stories. And I'm like, come on. Uh, yeah. I believe I Obi-Wan this... would do that though <laughs> he's not very stealthy <laughs> he's not but he's more suave than that you know mm. uh, so but I think on the whole it finally hit me on this one this episode had yet another instance where I think we've actually finally discovered the limits of the volume uh, mm. the volume is this soundstage with all these led screens that they film all this stuff on it made it pretty much for the mandalorian which is why it out on all those tatooine sets it looks like you're on location but you're actually mm-hmm. in the soundstage yeah it is really really cool tech it uses this video game engine so it can kind of like move with you on the screen so we're not yeah. doing the green screen thing it, it's an incredible piece of tech and it's allowed them to do so many cool things but i think we have finally found its actual limit and that is chase sequences mm-hmm. yes <laughs> this this is like the third one this season where it just looks ridiculous 
ridiculous. Like the person is running and it looks like they're running in place. Yeah. Um, and yeah. just moving kind of slow. At first, I was like, maybe Deborah Child just isn't really good at these action sequences. But I thought about it a little bit more and I'm like, actually, no, she's done some really good action. Yeah. In this season, she's done some very good action. And I remember it was during the book of Boba Fett where like Robert Rodriguez could it pull off at chase scenes who's very good at action sequences very good at chase sequences could it pull off the chase sequence like that super slow speeder chase <laughs> through the right. streets of Mos Eisley yeah or Mos Espa, whichever city we were in <laughs> and I think it's just that that is the actual limit of the volume yeah which is they unfortunate spent the money on it they want to use it <laughs> yes which I get it but I'll take a less quality background oh, yeah. in a chase sequence if it means more freedom for the actors to move yeah. around. Because they're not looking at the background, really. Yeah, I want more believable motion and action mm-hmm. than the background that I'm not focusing on because they should be moving past it quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Full on agree with that. The chase sequences have been rough. Luckily, the acting and the plot have been good. So yeah. I've been pretty much forgiving of that yeah. kind of thing, but it is distracting at times for sure. Yeah. Speaking of distracting, Indira Varma, <laughs> I, I love her so much. <laughs> I'm all in on her, on Tala. If she dies, I'm going to be so pissed. Like stop killing female characters who are integral to Obi-Wan's arc. Like just stop it. Please let her be alive at the end of this. Yes, I think I read a uh, I read a piece where she came out and said that she was originally written as a love interest for mm-hmm. Obi Wan, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. which means she's probably gonna fucking die. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> because no. that is my luck when it comes to characters I like on a show that is not the lead. I did like seeing the inside of the fortress. I think it looked really cool. It looked yes. like just heading into the more Death Star era imperialism although it was really easy to get inside guys yeah no just you can't just open up a manhole cover and just hop on into the fortress oh my gosh maybe i guess if tala wasn't around it would have been a lot harder like if she wasn't so, there yeah. with her codes i'll, I'll say this it. people are being like how did how did obi-wan get in so easy after cal already did this mm. When Cal gets into the fortress in uh, Fallen Order, mm-hmm. he just swims up to a, a manhole cover and it opens up and then he swims into a room. At least this time, Tala had to unlock one of the covers for Obi-Wan to get in. So they like slightly okay. bump security up. They're like, we got to watch out for this, guys. Jedi can swim. <laughs> <laughs> like They swim now. All they did was lock the doors. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean, that if, is basic protection that they weren't Tala. doing before. Yeah. yeah, but like watch watch those entrances more. They gotta be better with their HR because right? Tala should not have been able to get in there. Mm-mm. But she's also intimidating. She's got that big like I'm gonna step on you energy. And that guy that was in the security was like, Yes, please, ma'am, also please go inside. But they call her <laughs> sir, which I'm really, really here for. I'm like, yes. She's an officer, damn it. Call her ma'am. <laughs> I also thought. The tomb scene was incredible for an atmospheric tool. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. He walked in there and I was like, nope, nope. Alien resurrection. I am out. I know (laughs) what kind of shit happens when you suspend people in some sort of liquid slash solid. This is not going to be good for anyone involved. 
um, seeing the familiar new faces in those preservation tanks was like almost too much. Yeah, I almost had to pause and walk away because Sinobi, I was like, no, these are some Clone Wars people and I'm not okay mm-hmm. <laughs> with any of this. And then the last one, of course, is the kid. I'm like, no. <laughs> That's the one that really broke me. Yes. I'm like, oh dear. Because then Obi-Wan sees him and he's still wearing his helmet. So he's like, he knows that this kid was taken and killed during Order yeah. 66. Like Obi-Wan knows. Yeah. So it's just hitting him so hard. And that maybe reawakened his force ability a little bit because he's shown off some pretty cool power holding back the water. Very Kanan moment there. Like, Daniel he gets away. You? Yeah, why did you have to bring up Kanan, Cully? Yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, Kanan. <laughs> I bring up um, Kanan a lot. Let's be fair. <laughs> I, I enjoyed the episode, but Anders, I think I'm with you. It was my least favorite just because. It, we we felt the lack of runtime like we talked about. Um, I don't know if this was the episode where they decided to cut the budget so they could do more for the next two episodes or something, but it just felt like we were missing stuff to uh, to really make this one, you know, feel more cohesive. Um, I could start to see some cracks in the limitations like you were talking about with the volume. And I thought the speeders and the hangar looked a little off when it was firing at Riva and she was deflecting it. Like, it's not Moses Ingram's fault. She's the actual person there. They didn't make the CGI work with her motion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought it looked a little off, but I was able to forgive it because I actually cared about the moment that was happening. So like, I'm, I'm noticing the little nitpicks now, but the story still matters more than any of the other little stuff. So I'm, I'm not like freaking out like, oh, this is awful. I'm still enjoying the ride. Um, I just like you can't give us that short of an episode anymore. There's yeah. six episodes in this season series, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really hope they're pulling out the big stuff for the next two episodes. Um, I really, I enjoyed the ending where you know you you, had, you felt like these new rebels pain because they just lost one of their own. They're not fighters, and they. Right. Like, I've seen people like, oh, why do we focus on that one guy? Like, we focused on him because they've never lost a guy before. Like, this is something new. Obi-Wan brought them back into the fight, and someone died on his watch. Like, he's bringing people into the fight, and he's getting into the fight for the first time. And so, while the new Rebels are having that emotional moment with themselves, he has that emotional moment with Leia where they hold hands. And that, (laughs) oh, that was it was really beautiful and it was just oh that was sad mm-hmm. and i i'm with you i hope tala doesn't die i really yeah, like her indira varma give her I mean, more jobs yeah give her more jobs please hire her for everything yes. uh, going back to leia leia i think is really empathetic like i think a yeah. lot of her jedi force ability comes from empathy kind of like ezra mm-hmm. but not on the same wavelength a little like but for people and not for animals (laughs) (laughs) yes she's very good with people like i she wasn't too surprised i don't think to see obi-wan show up to rescue her like maybe part of her knew that reva was lying she just seems to have that kind of knack for sussing people out and i think she kind of realized they're like maybe obi-wan's not dead reva's trying a little too hard here the lady does protest that too angle much. a bit too much. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, he's not, he's not dead. But she couldn't say that. And she's doing great. All uh, right, everybody. I think we're ready to hop into our next section, 
with homages, Easter eggs, connections, and callbacks. We have missed Anders for this section. <laughs> <laughs> let's, see, let's see how many he found today. <laughs> I did find several, and I was actually able to kind of group them together. Okay, mm-hmm. I can't normally do this. So <laughs> starting off, uh, as we mentioned during uh, the reactions, there are just so many references to infiltrating the Death Star. <laughs> throughout this episode uh, i've heard a lot of people talk about how each episode of kenobi so far kind of maps onto a movie from the original six episodes and this definitely does track to be on par with a new hope except that they don't blow up the fortress at the end but either way you know we have been kind of sneaking around ducking behind columns he even like turns down a dial at one point like he was when he was trying to get the tractor beam mm-hmm. he does manage to pull off that force trick with to get the stormtroopers although they didn't they resisted having him say eh, i wonder if it's a drill uh we mentioned that tala leaves the communicator on when she has to leave her station and it's mm-hmm. framed exactly like c3po yes. does when they're stuck in the trash compactor mm-hmm. And I mean, we can joke about how easy it is to break into this place, but we have to remember, we have a reference for this in A New Hope, that a small one-man fighter could easily penetrate a lot of the Empire's outer defenses because they don't see anything short of like a Star Destroyer coming in as any actual threat. They are focused on these large-scale attacks, which is why in Rebels here, all of these small ships are able to get in and get underneath their outer defenses. Mm-hmm. Uh, in this case, it is the T-47s, which are the, I think they're basically just like sewage runners yeah. um, at first, and then they are retrofitted with weapons here, and then they will actually, they will be retrofitted once again in Empire Strikes Back in order to operate in the cold, harsh environment on Hoth. Mm-hmm. So these ships go through a lot of hand-done upgrades. They looked, I mean, they looked good. I thought they looked yeah. good. I thought they looked pretty good. I was like, good. Daniel, are these ships okay? <laughs> I mean, I like them. They're just not quite a, you know, they're they're not a spaceship. They're not right. going to be, you know, yeah. They're doing I, give, their best. Give me a starfighter. Give me a starfighter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so as we've mentioned, there are some parallels as well to Jedi Fallen Order because they're infiltrating the Fortress Inquisitorius like Cal did about five years ago uh, in the timeline at this point. So Obi-Wan gets in pretty much the same way, underwater vents. Um, at least this time, someone has to unlock the door for him instead of just swimming straight into it. Um, also, just like in the game, Someone breaks a window and the water has to be held back. In game, it's Vader the one holding it back. And this time, Obi-Wan's able to hold it back and then releases it at the right time to sweep away the the stormtroopers. So he's really getting his groove back, able to hold back that much water. Yes, he looked really, really good. This whole episode, a lot of people are saying it is like Fallen Order, basically, because of the finding of the Jedi dead in the tomb that has a lot to do with fallen order the inquisitors the fortress just kind of everything a jedi trying to like find their redemption after order 66 so many good parallels there Mm -hmm. if we saw cal later in this show i would not be mad although i doubt (laughs) that would be gonna have to to wait for the playthrough for the (laughs) next game instead 
Oh God, at some point we're gonna have to all talk about all the news that came out of uh Star Wars celebration. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> so much. I was freaking frantically messaging and texting with so many people that day. <laughs> I'm sure my boss was like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Luckily, he also loves Star Wars. So I would just tell him little tidbits of what was happening. And he was like, ooh, that's really cool. <laughs> I'm like, yes, I will keep looking at my phone. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Six. Next, this one's for Flo. This is a little nice little callback to the prequel trilogy, The Breather. This little device first appeared back in The Phantom Menace when Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon follow Jar Jar to the Gungan City. It doesn't have, does it have nose covering? I don't think it does. I think it's just a straight up, it's in the mouth. I was like, I hope that you're not trying to breathe through your nose at any point. Same being in the back to tank, like what is happening with the nose. Somebody needs to cover that. The back to tank, I have a feeling it's kind of like in, uh, the back to tank, I always kind of get the feeling it's like in, um, it's the abyss where he Mm -hmm. like, where he like inhales the liquid to, to mm-hmm. breathe. Shout out to The Abyss. What a great movie. <laughs> That's a fantastic movie. <laughs> I love that movie so much. Daniel, oh, I'm man. guessing you've never seen it, judging by the look on no. your face. Daniel. I have no Aww. idea what you guys are talking about. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it has Michael Bean. Get on it. <laughs> it has Ed Harris. As Ed Harris. Okay, I mean, and Ariel Elizabeth Mastermonica. It's a very cute rat, a white rat. <laughs> Okay, I will look this movie up. No, I need right. to rewatch. <laughs> uh, next up, we're going to talk about that torture chamber. I mean, mm. the room itself mm. is pretty big, but the equipment <clears throat> is pretty much the exact same that Han got strapped into in Empire Strikes Back. Uh, also, the equipment that Trilla slash the second sister and is it Sarah Care? Junda, Sarah Junda Sarah are Junda. tortured with mm-hmm. in Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. Ray yep. is strapped to pretty much the same type of table. Uh, the Empire is nothing is if not consistent. Much, oh, yeah. yeah. That room is pretty much straight out of Fallen Order, though. Like, it is to those, like, like to the T, exactly the room that you see them uh, torturing potential Inquisitor candidates in. So, great place mm-hmm. to take a child. I mean, maybe she realized she is Force-sensitive, so she's like, maybe oh. she'll be an Inquisitor now. Could be. I mean, hey, 10 year old Inquisitor Leia would probably be better at her job than most of them. <laughs> That's oh my gosh. Harsh, but so <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, she probably could. And then, as we talked about, I was super happy to see Purge Troopers. These are Vader's personal troopers who are just absolutely terrifying. They are elite soldiers that like are directly under the command of Vader and the Inquisitors, and their whole purpose is to hunt Jedi. They are scary. Um, We've seen them in the Bad Batch. We've also seen them in Jedi Fallen Order. The first group of them were originally the last batch of clones from Kamino. Um, They matured after the Empire uh, came into power, so they just got, you know, put right into service. But around this time, though, they are most likely going to be human recruits. They were those ones in the Bad Batch who were being led away. Like, where are they taking us? Yeah, <laughs> I don't. You're like going to be it. purge troopers. That's great. Everything's fine in Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> this is just for kids. Everything's fine. Speaking of just for kids, the Jedi tomb. Holy shit! Yeah. <laughs> like, yikes, Daniel. You mentioned this before. We have seen a Jedi corpse preserved in this way in Rebels. The Empire was using Master Luminara's body to lure Jedi 
in this case, Canaan and Ezra very easily into a trap. This is a much larger scale tomb, though. We don't get to see exactly how many people are in it, or if this is just one of many that are down there, which is probably true. It seems to have another purpose, though, than luring people down there. Like, nobody goes here, so nobody knows it's down there. We know that Palpatine was obsessed with experiments around the Force and cloning, so the decision to preserve these bodies in amber might be a Jurassic Park reference. (laughs) <laughs> to extracting the genetic material for scientific use and then oh god this was just like a freaking stab wound in my own heart <laughs> some of the jedi we recognize are tara sinube my god i was not prepared yeah. for this at all this cozy and jedi was around from the high republic era through the clone wars at one point he did sit on the jedi council he had connections to count dooku while the future sith was still a youngling he was also eventually assisting Ahsoka in getting some lightsaber back when it was stolen. Oh, he was he just that kooky like old this, man, and it was awesome. Yes, kooky old him. goat man. Like, oh, <laughs> I love him. And then I saw him, and I was like, this is not okay. This is unacceptable. <laughs> like, no. Did we need to see this? I mean, a lot of people who are watching the show might not know who it is, but Clone Wars watchers are sitting there going, this is horrible. Why would you do this to us, Deborah Chow? Next, we have Opo Rensisis. He's another master who was present during the High Republic and the Clone Wars. This mm-hmm. guy is a Vispiazian. <laughs> I think that is how you say that. Male. He survived Order 66 initially before the Inquisitors caught up with him. He's an older guy. This yeah. guy, too, was a little older, Coleman Kaj. He was an Angri, and he was on the Jedi Council at the end of the Clone Wars. He survived Order 66 initially, but they caught up with him as well. Just like, mm-hmm. <laughs> why would you do this to us? Yaddle is not in there, though, so I have some hope. Then we have the youngling in the helmet. Unacceptable. Rude. Rude and wrong. <laughs> Very rude. <laughs> was not expecting this while I was watching at like 7.30 in the morning, getting ready to go to work. We don't know exactly who this youngling is, but given that he's wearing that training helmet, he was probably in the training class we saw at the start of the series, or he was one of the younglings that Anakin cut down. Yeah, I think it was the helmet that made me think it was not, because I was like, oh my God, did they actually get the kid? Like, the Master Skywalker, what are we going to do? Oh my gosh. But then I saw he was wearing the helmet, I was like, no, it can't be that kid, because that kid has the hair. (laughs) Yes. I mean, this could be one of Reva's former classmates. I think it is, personally. It's really rough. Imagine you had to walk by that every day. Oh God. And be reminded, like, because she probably feels like a failure, too not protecting people if she is one of those younglings from the beginning of the scenes and then we have the red clad woman we don't know for sure who this is but it seems like the designers took their inspiration from a combination of the night sisters of dathomir maybe a little mara jade from legends Mm -hmm. and then there was one other guy that kind of looked like mace windu it was all over twitter people were like oh my god it's mace windu i'm like nah it's not me (laughs) then there was one other guy let him be dead yeah, just, just let him be dead. There was one other guy too. I was convinced at first that it was um, it was the care that it was somehow the character that uh, George Lucas cameoed as in mm-hmm. Revenge of the Sith, the opera goer. Yeah, it looked very similar. But then when I actually I did the rewatch, I actually paused on. It, I was like, oh no, it's definitely not him. <laughs> Basically, there's a lot of either Force users or Force sensitive people and Jedi down there. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
So next up, we have Tyler references the planet Florum as a decoy to tip off to supposedly tip off Riva, which in itself is a reference to Leia giving Dantooine to Tarkin as the rebel base's location when it was actually their former base. But Florum is a planet that we have been to before during the Clone Wars. And uh, who is it that we meet there? <laughs> That's right. I finally get a live action reference to Hondo freaking Onaka. <laughs> love him so, so much. I love him so much. This would actually be an, a perfect time to bring him into live action because yes. I have a serious feeling that um, the base on Jabim is about to be raided with this. So if they had to call in a favor for someone to smuggle them out, who better? Than someone who will always make the situation profitable, and we could finally get some fucking Hondo. Anders, oh my god, Obi Wan would be so mad. Think about that, but how dare you make me want that to happen? Oh, Obi Wan would be so <laughs> It would be so great. It would be fucking I would, phenomenal. I w- I'm here for it. I would be so happy. Mm-hmm. And, well, unfortunately, the reason why the base at Jabim might be, uh, you know, going up in flames pretty soon is because Reva put that tracker in Lola. That was so sad. And then Vader, you know, he's going to go on and use that same exact tactic for the Millennium Falcon later on. Mm-hmm. Plus that red eye. It completely looks like HAL 9000 from 2001 A Space Odyssey. Yes. Mm-hmm. What are you doing? Not what I want to see from my little Lola. <laughs> no. Well, it's supposed to be safe and sound. Oh, boy. <laughs> All right. We're well, then let's move in to our questions and predictions. So any questions we have coming out of this episode? What do we think is coming next? And what do we want to happen next other than Hondo? Yes, other than Hondo. <laughs> uh, even though that tomb was freaky as fuck, I want to know more about it. Like, right. I want to get down and dirty, know what's going on down there. It's like a trophy room, but like we said be- before, like, why is it there? Why are they there? Unless they're being studied at some point, they were or are. This could be like a very Darth Plagueis way of going about things which yeah. Palpatine learned a lot from his old master and Plagueis was more of a scientific Sith mm-hmm. than like he's he could fight too he was very intuitive with force but he was also like a Dr. Frankenstein kind of person yeah. and this setup really feeds into that knowledge which is, I'm glad to see that Palpy is totally taken everything from space <laughs> it's like oh you know I killed him when he was drunk and Stole all of his techniques and scientific equipment. This is fine. I also really want to see more Vader. Like, I know he's mm-hmm. one you kind of want to use sparingly. But since you hyped Hayden Christensen so much and have hyped Vader's, like, presence in the series so much, just use him. Show me more. Exactly. Show him beating down the Inquisitors some more. Yeah. I want to see it. Mm-hmm. I want to see him be menacing. Although, him in the back to tank was very cool. Reacting to Obi-Wan's distress just kind of showing that they're still linked together, at least while Obi-Wan is connecting with the Force, they are. Yeah, he just needs to learn, just like Thrawn needs to learn, you don't play with your food. (laughs) If you want him dead, you have to just (laughs) kill him. Yes, if that's, yeah, if that's what you're looking for, he should have just killed him. (laughs) Exactly. Um, I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with this. Like, it's, it's been a good ride, and I enjoy the Obi-Wan Leia. Uh, you know, I, I like their interactions and, and their chemistry and all that. 
but I really hope the rescue plot is finished pretty early into next episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think this is a natural point for Leia to bow out. Um, This actress has been great and I've loved having her in here, but you're right. We need more Vader. And I think that's what these last two episodes I'm hoping will, will be. Um, I mean, I really want that Obi-Wan Anakin relationship to get explored because we've gotten snippets of, you know, Obi-Wan's just sadness and terror and like everything, like a whole range of emotions. We've gotten little snippets of it and great facial acting from Ewan McGregor, but I really would, would love to see them get into it. I'm not expecting them to have like a Mustafar 2.0 duel. But I do want to see them, you know, cross paths one more time with the lightsabers. And I want, you know, I would be okay with almost like an episode four style duel where they're they're dueling, but they're also dueling with words at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like I want to, I would love to see a little bit of that going on just because I want their interactions. Mm-hmm. Like I, I really want that. Um I, I think. These these last two episodes, I just really want them to deliver big because it's going to make it go from oh this was fun like I yeah. enjoyed it to holy oh, shit no, no, no. I need to watch this like if I'm watching the movies this has to be watched with them mm-hmm. so like if they really pull that off with the last two episodes um, and by going into that relationship I think it'll put it in that category but for now it's just been it's fun yeah definitely I love it so for me I mean. I've seen, I've heard so much chatter about, you know, this, this whole bit retconning this Obi-Wan Leia relationship into existence without potentially breaking canon with her initial message to him in A New Hope. And quite frankly, I'm, I'm personally not concerned about that. Like, I, I'm, I'm over that. We retcon things all the time, and it's still going to technically work out with minimal backbending. Yeah. My question is kind of coming out of this, though, is how much of Reva's plan and what she's been doing is known not only to the other Inquisitors, but to Vader. Like mentioned earlier, Bail and Brea Organa are protected mm-hmm. for years by their standing in the galactic aristocracy. They're one of like the sacred however many families. Yeah. He's a senator. Alderaan has this high standing and wealth in the galaxy. Mm-hmm. And at this point... The Emperor's kind of just waiting for the Death Star to be finished. Yeah. So he doesn't have to cater to the galactic elites anymore. <laughs> he He's waiting to flex. Out. He's waiting to flex and just wipe anyone off the board who gets in his way. But he can't do that yet. Even with all that, your daughter got kidnapped and Obi-Wan fucking Kenobi came out of hiding almost immediately to save her. Is probably grounds for some kind of a black bag arrest <laughs> and questioning by the Empire. You would think like, so. Yeah, they, Obi-Wan's going to have to do something big to, you know, something big is going to happen away from Bale. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of the question I'm more interested in seeing how they can kind of do some narrative flip-flops or whatever to to figure out an answer to. Right. Yeah. Um other than that, like in this episode we said it's really good to see Obi-Wan starting to get his Force Mojo back. And I think that this is ultimately going to be key for the other thing that we're all just kind of sitting around waiting for that nice little Liam Neeson cameo, (laughs) whether whether or not it's an actual cameo, it could totally (laughs) end a nice little appearance from Qui-Gon. It doesn't even, we don't even have to see him. Like they could literally just have Obi-Wan sitting back on Tatooine and we see like the blue light in front of him Mm -hmm. and hear just recycled sound footage of Obi-Wan 
like yeah. that, that'd be fine but this idea because he's he's like frustrated because he's supposed to be trying to commune with Qui-Gon but in every other aspect of his life he has been cutting himself off from the force mm-hmm. and I think opening himself back up that is going to open those floodgates that is going to allow him to finally do that yes uh and i think like you guys i want another i want more vader i want one more major confrontation with vader mm-hmm. yeah um i want it doesn't it does not have to be as high energy as the duel on mustafar it actually exactly. be as high it can't vader can't could be it could be like a half a step up from the one that they did um now that obi-wan's a little bit more confident and might actually be able to fight back a little bit Mm-hmm. But personally, I think I'm going to predict it would ultimately end with something Obi-Wan says, like, you still have much to learn, which would set up nicely the line, in A New Hope, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. Obi-Wan's like, I we have... never said you were a master. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you actually He's declaring himself the master. Yeah. yeah. Self-declaration. I, uh... Good job, Annie. <laughs> <laughs> I know Obi-Wan's not going to be standing up to vader and having like the ultimate duel with him where he's like oh i'm just mm-hmm. on par with you i really would like to see obi-wan dispatch an inquisitor really quickly yeah I think that would be incredibly funny yes. i would love to see that play out i um, mean oh i think reva's gonna die <laughs> reva's gonna die i don't i don't want her to do some kind of like a heel turn and like turn to, yeah. and like try and redeem herself at the end because we, we find don't out need that to she is actually a jedi youngling and i'm like no. i just want her to be pissed i mean even trilla yeah. at the end of fallen order she kind of is like she feels bad for what she's done yeah but also it's not like a complete heel turn at the end she's like defeated and she says you know maybe if i had chosen something different but i didn't but her final line oh, pretty so metal good avenge yeah. us and then yes. down by vader yeah. pretty very amazing like, very like maul like at the very yeah. end he's like the chosen one will avenge us both like well, they didn't change really they always had this thought in their head of we need vengeance but this is yeah. the only way i see how to get it and i think reva's kind of in that vein yeah i i would like for her to just remain the villain we don't yeah. need to do a redemption for everyone no um in fact you shouldn't yeah makes things less interesting when they do get a redemption arc Mm -hmm. exactly i think just uh one last thing for me is i think my ideal closing uh scene for me would be obi-wan finally sitting down in his cave and then we don't even have to see him if he could just start to have a conversation with uh with qui-gon there Mm -hmm. like ending the season or the series with him finally talking to Qui-Gon I think would be such a like cathartic thing to close yeah. on he's found oh, some peace be... yeah yeah like, where like, he, he goes to see Luke like look at him from afar he comes back to his hut or his cave or maybe maybe he's in his new home that we've got to move in. yeah yeah maybe he's in his new place and he sits down and starts to have a conversation like that I think oh that would be amazing that's my ideal way to close this out well we got two episodes to find out all right guys well thank you for joining us today you can find us on twitter and instagram at yswpod follow us wherever you're getting your podcasts no matter where it is hit that follow button leave us some five-star reviews check out all of our previous episodes on the main star wars films and star wars visions check out all of our offerings from the forgotten entertainment family over at forgottenentertainment.com you can also find colleen 
Flo and myself on the Bohemian Geek Studies podcast. And you can head over to bohemiangeekstudies.com to check out all those episodes and read Colleen's Star Wars book reviews. And join us again next time when we'll take a look at the next episode, likely titled Part 5 of (gasps) Obi-Wan Kenobi. Spoiler! (laughs) (laughs) Until then, keep those blue lightsabers up and keep those episodes streaming. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye!